The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. And then all of a sudden, then I went back and said, Jesus, Martin, what are you saying? And I, I told her, and I said, this is not, I said, I said, this is not true. I'm not saying nothing. He wants me to sign, sign something. I said, I'm not. I said, this never happened. I said, what am I saying? He left, and that's when Gildee came in and just, just looked at me and drew out. And I was, where was I? I was I sitting on a chair, I think. And I went, and the chair went flying, and I went. He'd hit your box. Yeah, you're a merciful box. So that is a clip from uh, News Talks Inside the Crime podcast. It follows the story of Una Linsky, a 19-year-old young woman who stepped off a bus one October evening in 1971 to walk the 15 minutes up a country lane to her parents' home and was never seen again. And of course, it is Frank Graney who is host of Inside the Crime. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Anton. Frank, I'm very conscious I have just been given out to for spoiling the end of Titanic. So I need to tread carefully in what I ask you about this because this is one of those where the 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 ending, the denouement of the story is what makes it so surprising and so fascinating. Within the bounds of not giving away spoilers, tell us what you can. Well, the story is about Una Linsky and what happened to her when she stepped off that bus back in October of 1971. But as we quickly found out, there's so much more to it than that mystery. It's still an unsolved murder all these years later, over 50 years since she stepped off that bus. The story took us in so many different directions and it was a very, very difficult story to tell. In terms of, I suppose, not spoiling the story for those who haven't heard it, Unalinsky was 19 years of age. She was a civil servant. She was li- or she was working with the Land Commission in Dublin City at the time. She was living in a beautiful part of the country, uh, Porterstown Lane, which is just outside Ratoth in County Meath. She stepped off that bus just before seven o'clock on the 12th of October, 1971. She was with her cousin, Anne Gohan. Um, they would have usually spent a few minutes speaking, um, chatting at the bus stop. Um, Anne Gohan lived very close to the bus stop. They said their goodbyes that evening because it was a particularly cold evening. They were both eager to get in out of the cold and she was never seen again. It would have taken um, Una about 15 minutes to get home. She lived at the end of a cul-de-sac about halfway down Porter's Town Lane. We don't know to this day, over 50 years later, we don't know what happened to Una Linsky in that 15 minutes. But certainly in terms of some of the people that we have spoken to, we heard that clip from Martin Conmey. That 15 minutes was life-defining, not just for Una Linsky, but also for him and for his pals, because the finger of suspicion was wrongly pointed at him. Um, Martin Conmey went on to be wrongly convicted um, of killing Una Linsky. He spent a number of years in Mountjoy Prison for it. And speaking to Martin Conmey, and we did for hours in his kitchen, he still lives on Porterstown Lane, Martin Conmey is now in his 70s. He was 20 at the time when Unalinsky went missing. And you get the sense that he has never truly left Trimgar, the station where he was taken in for questioning because Martin Conmey told us, and, and this is all revealed in the podcast, he told us how he was physically and mentally tortured by members of the Garda murder squad. These were um, a specialised unit, uh, members of Angarda Shiakana who came to investigate this very serious crime. Unalinsky was uh, a missing person at the time. Her body wouldn't be found for another couple of months. And Martin Conmey told us in excruciating detail how he 
was beaten into making a confession. He admitted to um, um, a crime that he absolutely had nothing to do with. He hoped that the truth would set him free. That didn't happen. He and his friend Dick Donnelly stood trial. Um, both were convicted of Unalinsky's manslaughter. Dick Donnelly's conviction was overturned on appeal. Martin wasn't so lucky. He spent a number of years in Mountjoy Prison and just the thought, and it haunts it haunts me even to ask the question of Martin, what it was like when they closed that cell door behind him. Because I think, Anton, if, and thankfully I've never been in this position, but I think if you have committed the crime, there is an element of acceptance when it comes to your punishment. But imagine the sense of that door being closed behind you, knowing in your heart and soul that you have done no wrong. Oh, and knowing and that you've lost your freedom, knowing that you, you yeah. are a pariah with your family, with your community, yeah. knowing that you're seen as a liar and a murderer. I mean, how you could live with it. And what's interesting is the people that you got to talk, because uh, Martin Conway taught Anne Donnelly, Dick Donnelly's wife, mm. spoke to you. You had um, family members, sisters and cousins of Una Linsky. You had Deirdre Moran, who was the solicitor who led the legal appeal uh, to have Martin Conway's uh, conviction overturned. Did you get a sense that there was a a sort of a desire for catharsis, that there was an eagerness to talk among them or was it a a difficult exercise in cajoling? It's a great question. I I think Martin in particular, and for reasons that are totally understandable, really wants to talk about this story because the more people that know it, the more people that know he had nothing to do with it. And that's what Martin found so difficult coming back into society. He had served his time. He left Mountjoy Prison but he didn't feel free in the truest sense of the word. And that was something that we really wanted to get stuck into. You know, that thought, like Martin decided to actually um, try and clear his name. And thankfully he did. And it took many decades before he was actually fully vindicated. But he decided to do that on the back of Jerry Conlon, who you may be familiar, um, one of the Guildford Four, wrongly accused of a bomb attack in, in England at the height of the Troubles. He spent 15 years in prison. His father died in prison. And, and Martin told us how his six-month-old son, his then six-month-old son in 1989, he was watching Jerry Conlon outside the Old Bailey after he had been fully vindicated, talking that very famous speech. You may remember it. I'm an innocent man. My father died in prison. I watched my father die in prison. He spent 15 years in prison. Martin, with tears in his eyes, told me, across from his kitchen table, that that was a very defining moment in his life because he didn't want his son growing up to think that his father was a killer because there really is no smoke without fire. And Martin felt that unless he was fully vindicated of this atrocious crime, the killing of Una Linsky, he would never be truly free. Yeah, because people so in terms always decide of, that you're, you're, it is a technicality yeah. or it was on, on overturned as a, as a legal nicety rather than actually the Precisely. man's innocence at the heart of it. The, the uh, podcast, by the way, I should tell people, if you want to get it, it is, it is on Go Loud. You can um, search the uh, Go Loud app or you can get it, of course, newstalk.com. It is Inside the Crime is the, the title of it and it is the uh, Unalinsky murder hosted by Frank Graney. And Frank, I believe it is doing very well in terms of downloads as well. Yes, um, it, it has been doing really well. And that's great for, for us. Ashley Moore is the producer of Inside the Crime. And the more people that listen to this story, the more likely it is that we will have a positive outcome for Una Linsky and for her family. And that was the greater purpose behind doing the story. It was a very, very difficult story to tell because as you listen to it, 
you will quickly realize that this isn't just the story of Unalinsky. There are four or five other stories entwined in all of all of this. And the reality is that some 50 years later, we still don't know what happened to Unalinsky in that 15 minute window after she stepped off that bus home from work. Now, given the amount of research that we've put into this podcast, I can safely say that this was a case that could have been and should have been solved very early on. And I'm delighted to say that Angarda Shiakana have decided to take another look at this. So the serious crime review team have decided to take another look at not only what happened to Unalinsky, but others involved in this story. And as you listen to the podcast, you'll realise that this small rural farming community, Porterstown Lane, only two and a half kilometres long, was absolutely destroyed by what happened to Unalinsky. And I think even if her killer and and there were leads, and this is the thing, Anton, that really frustrates me, is that there were leads. People spotted a middle-aged man driving a dark-coloured car believed to be a Ford Zodiac. You're um, a, a car enthusiast, I think it's fair to say, a- Anton. Ford Zodiacs were a very rare sight back in 1971 in the streets of not only our capital city of Dublin, but certainly in Portestown Lane, um, a quiet country road, as I say, in County Meath, to see a Ford Zodiac driving along that lane on a cold October evening was a rare sight indeed. And I think it's truly remarkable that they weren't able to track down that car back in 1971. Well, this brings us, Frank, to where we started, which is my desire not to give away any spoilers. So I won't ask any follow-up questions. (laughs) If you want to learn more, you can get it on Inside the Crime. Frank, lovely to talk to you as ever. Thanks, Anton. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.